pass. Miner's in behind everyone, and in it scores! It's the old adage, it doesn't matter how bad you're playing, you give one of these guys just a little bit of an opening, and bang! And Miner ties the game. Brought out at center by Domi. A three-on-two break, and one of the defenders has lost a stick. Pass it for Domi! They score! What a pass to Yarncrook! Max Domi sets it up! Dies, wipes out his man with a good hit. Brought in now by McCabe. Drop for Willie. Nylander scores! A huge goal for Willie Nylander! Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan band, NS Brain Gunning. Wee Willie Nylander with a snipe. It's Maple pretty Leafs, good. Uh, I guess. Uh, Maple Leafs with a, a victory. A two-point, 60 minutes. Yep. Other than that, hard to really say that it was a Picasso. Mm-mm. It was not uh, It was not a situation where they thoroughly outplayed a bottom feeder in the Eastern Conference and their provincial rivals. No, that did not happen. The opposite, maybe, you could argue, no, did happen. Not, not maybe. It it just did. Yeah. They the got first outplayed. period especially, uh, they were ecstatic to only be down one nothing after that opening period of play. Mm-hmm. Joseph Wall doing his best Dominic Hasek impression, going side to side a couple of times on Vladimir Tarasenko, who, yeah, probably hasn't slept yet, thinking about those two goals he left on the table. And it was just like, I mean, that was two of what? Four, five, ten bellers for Joseph Wall? He was incredible last night until uh, he could no longer stay upright in the crease. I mean, that is... That's a performance that steals you a game kind of regardless of what's going on in front of you. And they made it harder than it needed to be on him. He was spectacular. And I think that when you see that, it's just, it makes it the, all the more the gut punch that he ends up going out of that game. That would have been catastrophic for the Leafs if he didn't have a game like that. But the fact that he does and, you know, like sometimes we make too much out of these things, but it's like, is that his coming out party? I don't know that he needed to have one of those, uh, but boy, if he did, that was certainly it. And then he ends up leaving. Again, I don't know what to do with these 60-minute hockey games in which the Leafs don't look so great and they were supposed to be competing at the top of the Atlantic Division, which they may. Like, the Bruins have fallen on hard times Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? And there's so many games to make up. But, yeah, this doesn't look like a dominant force in the Eastern Conference. They don't look like the Kings who have now won, like, 11 consecutive road games. It's Kings are a wagon. Re-freaking-diculous. Yeah, yeah, it looked very much like that uh, same wagon when they came to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they don't look like that. But by gum, they get the job done. And if they continue to get the job done without their best goaltender out for a prolonged period of time, Mm -hmm. no matter how it looks, you got to give them credit for that too. Yeah, you do. I I think that the rosiest picture you can paint for this is that the team does what they did when they they had their defense core all banged up. And they Mm -hmm. just play a, quite frankly, different brand of hockey than what they've played so far this season. I think that that is the best case scenario. And I think, again, I just like, I I think the point needs to be hammered home that you haven't seen it this year. And yes, anybody coming off a long layoff is concerning, but there are worse options in the world than the guy who finally won you a playoff series coming in to be be your goalie. And I know he's had a rough year, but hey, this is goaltending in 2023. Like, I don't think it is a once he's healthy Mm. until he's healthy. This is all crapshoot and it's Martin Jones. And even I, even I will not talk myself into that. But I look at it as, like, if Samsonov has to carry the mail for two, three weeks, a month, that's not the end of the world for this Leafs team. Okay, what if he steps in and looks like the guy that we saw last season yep. and 
through six games against the Tampa Bay Lightning? What if he looks like that guy and it's like correlation, not causation, but there's no Joseph Wall looking mm-hmm. over his shoulder that, that he is, again, played his best hockey last season when Matt Murray immediately mm-hmm. got hurt, yeah. right? But like, <laughs> there was no safety net for Ilya Samsonov. You're like, boy, this better work out. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it did. Like, what if what if we get that that guy again and either you're the Maple Leafs or you're some other team looking sure. at him in free agency, does that inform the way you put your team together and, and what you have behind him that you can't do a 1-1A one and one a thing with Ilya Samsonov, that he has to be the unquestioned one? It's tough because even people who like Samsonov a lot, I think they'd have a hard time if you're a cup contender saying he is the unquestioned one. And not that he's the unquestioned one. I think he could be that. But the unquestioned one with nobody pushing him in the backup spot, that's the difference. No backup plan in the backup spot, that's the difference. So I I get what you're saying, and I think if you're somebody looking at Samsonov and saying what's the best version of him, mm. you don't want someone who can push him. But until you see a track record from him, how can you not have a backup option if you're the Leafs or any other team? Also, if, if Joseph Wall returns sooner than it, it feels like he's going to return, mm-hmm. is it going to be tough? for me to get my head to the place that even if he resumes what has been a great season for yep. him, that you need to start him in five consecutive games anymore. Cause this is a guy that has a track record of being hurt. Uh, I wish that wasn't the case, but yeah, yeah it's, it's not necessarily a surprise to see him hurt yesterday. Time now for our insider brought to you by Don Valley, North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom, visit Don Valley, North way inside is Sam McKee of real Kipper and born. What's up, Sammy. Hey, buddy. What's going on? How are you guys? Mm, uh, we're both sick. Like, yeah. Very sick. Sick. And, yeah. I, and I, got a, I got a ticket for running a stop sign at quarter after five this morning. So, like, not great, I would oh say. Oh, my God. Yeah, so thanks it, for listening to the show, by the way. Yeah, the boys, I, are, the boys are doing hot, uh, cold shiver talk during mm-hmm. the break uh, is what's going I, on here. I just, I just got up. And I feel pretty good. So Great. Oh, no, nice. that's, no, that's awesome, good for you. man. Good for you. Yeah. And you didn't uh, get a ticket today? Good for you. Yeah. Not yet. I haven't talked to my wife yet, but I think I'm okay. So, boys, what are we talking idea. about today? I, I like the, the idea. The win over the Sens, eh? Yeah. Oh, oh, massive, massive. <laughs> okay, so how do you feel about it? That these, like, so many of these victories, and hey, that one came in regulation, so got to give them credit for that. But it's like so many of these wins look brutal, right? Like that they're able to escape with points where they're, I mean, Saturday notwithstanding, because they actually played really well against the Bruins, but like, by and large, these are are not games that you'd say, boy, the Leafs look like the better team, but lo and behold, they have seven wins in the last ten. What are we supposed yeah. to do with that? I don't know. It's champagne problems right now for the Leafs, I guess. I, like, you know, there's there's teams that just suck and then they actually suck and they lose games but somehow the Leafs are sucking and winning games so it's a really it's a good problem to have right now I don't think it's a, a sustainable uh way to play hockey the way they play and especially with Joe Wall out now they're going to really have to kind of rally defensively because it's not been good enough defensively clearly but yeah they're a really confounding team and they're very different than other era other sort of uh versions of this Leafs team right like I just I don't know really what to make of it I like the you know, I like some of the guys that they've brought in, like Domi, like Bertuzzi. I, you know, Gregor and Lagason are giving them what they can on the back end, but I just, I'm very confused about what to expect night to night from this Leafs team. Yeah, I think I think the other interesting part about it is where Treliving is at on it, right? Because, you know, with Dubis, this was his baby, right? Like, he built it up, and not that Treliving doesn't consider this his baby, but it's like, you know, he would like to have the car keys for more than six minutes before he feels like he has his imprint all over it. And I do just, you know, like, yes, the blue line is banged up. We can all sit here and say they have three non-regulars in the lineup every night, but 
we can also sit here and say, even me, like I, I think I'm as bullish on Lilligren as anybody. I don't think he's coming in and saving the world when he comes back. Mark Giordano somehow continues to give you good minutes, but we've seen what happens when the tire or the tread gets a little thin on the tires there. Like that's the other part of this that's so odd is that you can't, unlike last year when it was Brody and Riley who were hurt for long stretches and you say, well, it's going to be very different when those guys come back. I don't know that it is when Lilligren and Giordano are back in the fold. Yeah, they got to add here. They have uh, to add, and they have to do it somewhat quickly. I'm sure that won't happen here before Christmas. The the roster free. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me throw but, something at you. If the wall injury, like if they pretty quickly on realize, okay, this is going to be not a two three week. This is maybe I don't know month six weeks kind of thing. Do you think that would change the impetus at all? Knowing that you have Martin Jones and Samsonov as your tandem, if that would kind of increase the well, impetus for Tree. Well, we brought up, we talked about this a little bit last night on Leafs Talk, and I, you know, I was somewhat, uh, you know, not as panicking about this about this wall thing as uh, you know a lot of my Twitter feed was, and a lot of my friends were. I, because you're a doctor, you know, I, I just think that it's capable. He's capable enough, Samsonov, that they can get somewhat average goaltending through a stretch here without wall. Like, how long do you think Wall's going to be out? Month and a half? I am not. Like, he looked no horrible, man. He couldn't stand up yesterday. Well, the the shot that really the shot that really jumped out to me was when it was like the behind view, and they showed his right leg like yeah. trembling. I was not, like, oh no, boy, that's that ain't bad. good. So he's definitely going to miss some time, but I I do have some belief that uh, Samsonov who. I think part of the reason he's been struggling this year is that he's been looking over his shoulder every single start with Joe Wall. I do have a bit of faith that he can bump his game up to at least league average goaltending for them to be able to get through this stretch. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to be going, let's like, let's spend an asset on Dan Vladar. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, to me, it's, you have a guy who you paid to be your starting goalie, still healthy, uh, sickness aside, he's been hanging out with you guys. He needs to, he needs to, play and prove that he does this and martin jones is not great don't get me wrong here it's bad but he's a vet he's a veteran goalie who's played in the league he can yeah. be a backup goalie for Badly. two months well i mean he was really good for seattle for a month last year and that's what you need out of him like you need him to be decent for a month and a half tops yeah. so i think you guys are saying you're gonna go out and trade no 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 that's what i was gonna follow up with i don't think it's a goalie trade i think it, i wonder if this makes Treliving fork up the extra blank round pick for Tanev or somebody to bolster the blue line to make life easier on the guys who will play goal. I don't think well, you're getting your maybe, your but, David Riddich trade from four years ago or I don't know, two, maybe, I don't know, times a flat circle. But, but that was what I was thinking of there is maybe, maybe it causes Tree to get a little more aggressive in the D market. Yeah, maybe. But I, I don't think, I think they needed to do that before Joe Wall got hurt. So mm-hmm. I, I my, my thoughts don't change on that. Listen, you saw the way they were playing last night before Joe Wall got hurt. Maybe the reason Bad. he got hurt is because he had to do the splits a hundred times. I posited the same thing. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. if he had to make one fewer post to post save on Vladimir Tarasenko. Their defensive structure last night was a joke. They mm. were terrible for most of the game. Like the, they had, you know, they had their moments clearly where they, they, their skill guys skilled it up and, you know, Marner shoots one in and Nylander shoots one in. They have a great three on three on one where, you know, the, the third line connects camp scores a awful goal. Yeah. But like, Throughout the rest of the game, they barely carried the play. They're, it's a fire drill in their own zone. It's just not pretty. So they got to figure that part of it out. 
So maybe they bring somebody in, but I doubt it's going to happen before Christmas. This next stretch is going to be huge for them because they play six and ten, I think, mm-hmm. and they have no D men, and they have uh, their much maligned starting goalie who has been talking about how he's not enjoying this season, and he's been sick. So it's going to be a fun stretch here for the Leafs. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting stretch. You know, like yesterday was you the and first I have time. very different definitions of fun. Yeah, yeah. that's all I'll say. Uh, yesterday was the first time. I mean, Leafs have played some poor periods of recent memory, right? Like that first period against the Panthers last week was awful, awful, awful. Um, But yeah, yesterday I think was the first time for me that I saw like the the blue line look as as poorly as it can, right? With all the odd man rushes, uh, all the breakaways that they they coughed up. Um, Yeah, I I mean, to me, yeah, that's the indication of what you could be looking at here if you're not getting at least league average goaltending in the next month or so. Um, we mentioned that the, the third... Well, go ahead, Sammy. Well, they just... They started, you know, at the Raj 590 was out there last right. night. Like, and he's he's playing with <laughs> Connor Timmins. It's, you're probably going to have a tough time doing well with those two guys out there. Like, you know, Connor Timmins and Jake McCabe playing together. You guys see the pairings. Like, Simone Benoit, yep. did he almost... He played 20 last night? He was out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And God love him. And that's he's impressive to win a game when you're getting that. For like, sure. Yeah. But the big reason they won is because their injured goalie is now – he was the reason they were winning. They could have lost that game 8-1 if Joe Wall wasn't – Not allowed to get good so. good goaltending? Not allowed? Not permitted? Abs- absolutely allowed to get it. But, you know, he's been really good for them over this last stretch. They need to tighten it up. They straight up need to tighten it up. That, that's what it comes down to. What were you going to say, Ben? Sorry. No, I was going to say the third line uh, scores. Yeah, you mentioned that three-on-one. And mm-hmm. and it's not, a, again, I don't think it's a situation where you're going to see Max Domi as the 3C going into the postseason. But they're getting something offensively out of out of a third line that has been, for, for the most part of the last close to decade, has been pretty puntish. Like, what have you made of the third line? Yeah, it's true. Like, it's a different, a different philosophy, right? Like, from what Dubas thought of third line and fourth line should be versus what True Living does. And it's like... Having a third line that can score is nice, but the other side of it is they're not very good defensively, and you, you give and take, that's hockey. But, yeah, I, I really have liked what Max Domi brings. He's just got a really good offensive instinct. I wish he would shoot more. It drives me crazy. There's so many times where he's just – he's just all he wants to do is feather a sauce pass, boys. That's, like, his dream. That's why he Him and Savvy, same guy. Him, him to just get to fire a sauce pass is his dream. But yeah, I've liked that line, and they're a capable, to me, regular season third line that's going to go up against other teams' third lines, and you're going to play a lot of bad teams because the league has a lot of bad teams in it. Well, actually, no, that's the wrong way to put it. All the same team in it, so you're going to go up against other bad teams' <laughs> third lines. And then, you know, I think they are capable of that. I don't know if they could do it in the playoffs, but I, I like what Nick Robertson's given them in the last couple games, mostly on the defensive side of the puck. He's trying, like he's clearly not a defensive guy, but outside of the setup that he had last night for Yarn, uh, for Domi, who passed it to Yarncroc, the back check that he had uh, in the first period, I don't know who it was on, 18 on the on the sense, who is that? Anyways, he went all the way back hard, hard Stutzla. as he could, Stutzla, to get the stick uh, down on him while he was about <laughs> to tap it in. And he did that the same thing in the game before against Boston, against uh, Marshawn, so... He's trying to have a conscience out there. I like what Domi's been bringing him. Yarncroft is a guy that can play anywhere, but I don't think it's a it's a playoff third line, but for the regular season, I think you can get away with it. I've been liking it a lot. Yeah, the thing I've been thinking about, and I, I 
pretty much echo all of that. I think Robertson, I honestly, if you if you went up to him and just gave him like truth serum, he would say to you, what, what do you want me to do here? Okay, like I'm, I'm shooting it in the net occasionally. I'm playing good hockey, but I share all the same sentiments you do that I think Brad Trelevin, if giving his druthers, and there's plenty other fish to fry on this team, so maybe it's not where he ends up going. I think he'd love a world where he's able to bump Max Domi to the to the right side or left side there, and then have a real center play play third line on, on that team. But the problem I have with that is, and I know you've seen this as well. I've heard you guys talk about it on the best show on the station, Real Kipper and Bowen. Oh is God. that is that he's just a way different player when he's playing up the middle, you need more from him that he can't go into these kind of checkout lapsy moments. Like you can see from him sometimes on the wing. So that's the problem I have with that is that in a perfect world, I think you'd love to go get like, I don't know the reference I keep making is Brian Boyle from that year. They lost to the caps, like go get that guy and put him there. But do you get a different version of Domi that maybe you don't like as much if he's at the wing, but I don't want him as my three C in the playoffs. And I feel really bad saying all this about a guy who I've, I've kind of liked for the most part in max. I think you, if you're going to make him the third C in in the playoffs, you insulate him with a couple gritty sort of defensive wingers mm. or one defensive winger. Like you can't, like God love what Robertson's given them. Yeah, yeah. But the but the number one ideal scenario with Robertson is that he plays well enough here, where you can flip him for totally. a D man, right? Like like your your ideal scenario is that like some pro scout catches him on the right night and is like, you know, well, <laughs> look at him. Maybe we should him fire it. Should, we should maybe take a chance on him. Look at his brother and the pedigree and he's that second round pick. And, you know, it's just like you hope that this pro scout catches him on the right night and you can flip him for a demon. That is like the ideal scenario, mm. but I give him full credit. He's really turned. He is much more of a pro hockey player this time than he has been in the years past. So I give him full credit. He's really improved. Yeah, I, I agree with you. One guy I wanted to ask you about is, is nice. And, you know, I don't want to overstate it. I don't think he was uh, spectacular or really anything close to it last night, but it felt like there were a few moments where he really kind of more understood what he needs to be on that line. Like early on in the game, felt like he was getting in on the four check a little bit. There was one play late in the second. He gets in, wins a race, is able to set Matthews up with a, with a nice opportunity that, you know, 34 is unable to convert on. That's, that's fine. But you know, it does, seem like there's such a kind of dual track minds with knives, right? Like we all, when we think about a successful year for him at the beginning of the season, I think a lot of people had some point or goal number that they had in there, but do they need that from knives or do they just need him to be like the best version of Zach Hyman? He can be, uh, I, I, he's a weird one for me because he's, I guess it's cause he's a rookie. He's technically a rookie, right? I, yeah, I of just, course. I yeah. Think- still technically. No, right. Not even technically. Full rookie. Didn't play any regular season games last year. Did he? Yeah, he played, he played like a couple. Two? Probably yeah. one, one or two. Yeah, yeah. Right at the end against Tampa. Mm-hmm. I, I like what he brings, but I don't. I think he still wants to be an offensive guy still too much mm-hmm. with those guys. Like I think I think he can be a guy that you can play on your third line, a guy that you know we can maybe pay a pair up with Max Domi again and bring in another bigger winger to play on a third line in the playoffs. To me, I just think it's a lot to ask of him playing with those guys, because I think he's an offensively minded guy who wants to be shooting it, who wants to be like Matthews, who wants to be like Nylander. And I, that line with those three guys to me has like one unbelievable breathtaking shift per period. Mm. Yep. And then it's like, they kind of just go away for the rest of it. It's like the way they don't come in waves, like a real true hockey line does. And when Matthews is going, it's just like a wave. Like every time he comes on the ice, the pucks in the offensive zone, so I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's Matthews mm. plays down a little bit. I don't know if that's Nylander's dip since he came back from Sweden. Don't know if that's Nye's not being able to support them. 
But like, I don't, I, there's moments where I'm like, this is the best line in hockey. And there's other moments where they're all standing there in the defensive zone with their knees straight and not doing anything. So like, it's a, it's a weird one for me, but I think Nyes has given them a pretty good rookie year. But in my ideal scenario, he's down the lineup a little bit where he gets a little easier matchups and you have somebody up there. Like I'm fine with Yarncroc playing with Willie and, and Nylander. Like every like Yarncroc to me is a fine guy to play up there. I, I, I think Bertuzzi could get up there. I just don't think it's nice long-term, maybe long, long-term, but not long-term right. as in this season. Mm. Yeah. So long, long, short, short, long, but like long, short, long, 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 long term. Yeah. Like a 60 yard chip. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Speaking short, long, short, long, like we were waiting for uh, Otani, oh. not short, long, very long. Okay. You can hit on, on, I guess, quickly no. on both things. Yeah, for sure. Otani. I, the beak. I, 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 I assume <laughs> you've seen the, yes. the Otani. Well, I, yes. I mean, the, the, the private jet that is flying, <laughs> oh, like yeah. that is happening. There is a private jet that is flying from John Wayne airport in Anaheim to Toronto this afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. Is <laughs> This added to the Daily Mail report yesterday, added to the Yusei Kikuchi's <laughs> wife in Toronto on Instagram yesterday. Where are you on today being the day? There is absolutely no way in my mind that he is not on that plane. Like, he is on that plane, 100%. I, I'm just, I'm bought in. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dumbo. I'm in. Mm. How is he not on that Can't plane? Confirm. How is he not on that plane? I, it's like it's coming from the place he is to the place he wants to sign. <laughs> and we all know he no one's ever there. taken flights from that place before. No, never. <laughs> it's him. <sighs> I, <sighs> I, I gave out this take yesterday on Real Kipper and Born. We talk about it every day. Like Kipper's genuinely interested in this. Like you, I can tell when he's faking it, and he ain't faking it. He loves this. He wants to talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I, there, it's a big swing for Shohei Otani. He will be one of my most beloved athletes of all time. But if he if he spurns the Blue Jays, he will be one of my least favorite athletes mm. of all time, because he has completely held them hostage here in doing other things. Right? Like they, this is their whole offseason. And I give like we've talked in the years past about them coming second place and like mm. joking about it. And I even sent a snarky tweet about this a couple of weeks ago, where it's like I totally regret it. The fact that they're still in this fight this yeah. deep is full credit. This is not a regular free agent. This is like one of the greatest players in the history of the game that they have been all the way in with. I give them full credit to this. So I fully blame Shohei Otani if they don't get him. And, oh, and it like they're, we're talking about re-signing Matt Chapman and going to get oh, Tony Kemp. Nightmare. Like that's what, you know, like it's, nightmare. I really am going to be all in on hating him. Oh, Blame yeah. No, no, that series against the Dodgers in April is going to be a hell of a thing. Oh, yeah. By the way, Vegas, I mean, the odds, again, I take this for what it's worth. And, yeah, and, and it's probably just, you know, playing off public sentiment. There's probably not inside information yeah. that is involved here, but the Blue Jays were plus 150 yesterday to land Shohei Otani. Today, they're plus 110. Okay? Mm. Uh, Dodgers still the favorites <laughs> at minus 154, but they are, they're pretty close to even odds. How about this also, McKee? Uh, mm-hmm. Rogers share stock price up like two know, bucks yeah. over the last five well, days. So the stock market is also Just general? I mean, look, I don't, I don't get bogged down on the particulars of that, Okay. <laughs> All I right. notice the Rogers stock, boys. I keep an eye on it. We uh, all got don't, to, all this together, guys. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, so from your potentially most beloved or most hated yes. man, Shohei Otani, to now yeah. just your sweet live prince, John oh, Rom. You got a thought on that? We don't need to do y- live yelling. We've done enough of no. that over the years. But Even for me, Larry Liv, my sensibilities. <laughs> Sammy the Sheik. Buddy, that was a stark image. That was a shocking image. When that popped up on my newsfeed, 
I was like, John Rom in a Letterman live jacket? What yeah. timeline are we in? The, a is, dark on one. Fox, <laughs> on Fox News. And then I see him like tweeting out from John Rom PGA, which is his Twitter. Yeah, amazing. Shaking hands. Oh, with the picture Greg with Norman, Norman is oh. Like, oh. But here's the thing. My only thought on it is it's all going to be this money. Yes. So take the money, man. That's what I do. It, like, of course. It's all the money. The PGA Tour is going to be taking all this money anyway, and they offer you six hundred million of the same money that's going into the other tour. Uh, take it. No, and it's okay. a bad look. It's a bad look for him. And right now, it's going to suck. But everyone's going to forget about it when he's just playing in PGA Tour events next year. So, yeah, that's all it comes down to. No, when in doubt, take the money. That's that's take my philosophy. All right, Sammy. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, pleasure, boys. I, I love talking to you anytime. Oh, that was fun. See you, man. Bye bye. See you, boys. Sam McKee, Real Kipper uh, Kipper and Born, and Leafstock. He was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Ryan O'Reilly and the Predators in town for Hockey Night in Canada Mm -hmm. tomorrow. You know, Ryan O'Reilly doesn't have a no-move clause. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) No! It's like, so you love it here? Uh, Anyone who said different is crazy, (laughs) including me. I love it here, love it here, love it here. Yeah, it's not going to happen. No, definitely not. It'd be nice to have him. He's got like 12 goals this season. Mm, No retention? No. Again, not going to happen. But, but, would, but would, wouldn't it be nice? All right. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Def Leppard and Journey coming to Rogers Center on August 2nd next year. We're giving away tickets on today's show to answer for a chance to win. Text today's code word, which is hysteria to 59590. Again, hysteria to 59590. The last day for the giveaway, Monday. If you don't win with us, tickets officially on sale starting Friday, December 15th, 10 a.m. at ticketmaster.ca. When we come back, speaking of hysteria, we're in... That state when it comes to Shohei Otani. We'll talk to Adnan Verk of MLB Network next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Three and a half hours until takeoff from John Wayne International Airport. Could be Shohei Otani's plane. Could be some guy's. Again, we have access to a great newsroom. Like, it's feet away. Literal. I, I could have easily, although I don't want to infect anyone yeah. with whatever I've got. J.D. Bunkus, who cares about him, but obviously. Yeah. Um, I would like to know if there is an action plan here for people to go to Pearson Airport and just check out the private plane that is leaving from California, coming to Toronto. Again, leaving at 9 a.m. Pacific time, so mm-hmm. noon Eastern and it's going to land like four hours after that. Like, mm-hmm. I would think, as a, not to tell news directors how to do their job. Right. I feel I, I feel like cat's out of the bag on that one. You're actively doing that right Yeah. Now. Okay, so why even uh, do any pretense here? Yeah. News directors, listen to me. Do your job. Yeah. Get to Pearson Airport. I want to see who's coming out of that plane, okay? You I gonna, need boots on the ground. Are you going to go stake it out today? No, I'm going to no. go to sleep. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do For the, a long time. I'm going to do the same thing. I actually... I don't know what will happen first, me waking up or Shohei Otani signing. Uh, and that doesn't mean today. Like, I might go to uh, bed until until Monday. Yeah, I uh, I got to say, so I take, like, at least an hour and a half nap after every one of these shows. First thing I do, though, when I wake up is check the old phone and the Twitter machine to see if, if yeah. we have Shohei news. 
Um, we'll see. Maybe today is the day. It would be a weird I usually Friday wait, news dump. I usually wake up to about 15 messages, especially this week, between yeah. you and producer Jeff yeah. Eisenparty. I like it. You guys are you guys We're are hunter-gatherers for me, <laughs> gathering all the Shohei news. Well, it wasn't me that gathered this information about this private jet. Today, uh, it was somebody else. Um, but, yeah, it's the, the, we, there's one thing that there is no debate about. There is an airplane leaving from John Wayne Airport coming to Toronto this afternoon. Let's talk to Adnan Burke, MLB <laughs> Network, the Cinephile Podcast, fresh off uh, his winter meeting uh, sojourn. How's it going, Adnan? I'm doing great, Ben. Brent, excellent use of sojourn. Also, my first time at the winter meetings, and I'm glad no one was tracking my flight home with Tom Verducci. But um, it was good to get out of Nashville when we did, although I would have liked a little more action. But mm. as you said, our boy Otani, could be coming to Toronto sooner rather than later. We'll see. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of action, and and the Soto trade uh, eventually happening. I guess like at the conclusion, were people out of Nashville by the time the Soto trade mo- uh, actually was officialized? Feels like it was at the very end of of the winter meetings. But yeah, there was, everything's just like it's it's all constipated because of this Otani thing. Adnan, you you you're face to face with all the biggest insiders in the game. You you're you're having off the record conversations with them. Where are you on the potential of Shohei Otani in Toronto? First off, excellent use of constipated, but is that Thank exactly you. right as to what happened? Because you're right, nobody nobody could sign like we're all waiting for Shohei. And Yamamoto, the word was more like mid December, and Shohei obviously holding everything up. And as you said, even when Soto happened, by then it was late Wednesday night. Most executives were out of town getting ready for the Rule Five draft. So thanks to AJ Preller for at least getting it done midnight local time. Um, so I was on with Verducci on Tuesday. And, of course, I, no one I respect more than Tom. And uh, legends at Sports Illustrated and Fox Sports all these years. And when we were talking with Otani, he goes, I think he's going to Toronto. And I was like, wow. Like, that was the first time that I really started to believe it. All along, I was like, all right, Jays are in the mix. They're one of four teams. And on the Monday, I was talking to one of the guys from Marquee, uh, which is the Cubs network. He's like, oh, and the Cubs dropped out. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, Angel's still in the mix. I'm like, oh, I, I do think the Angels are still around. Once Tom said to me, he goes, no, no, I think it's Toronto. I'm like, wow. I'm like, wow. I, mean, I was flabbergasted. So when he broke it down for me, he really explained it well. He said, all right, there, he, he doesn't have to feel any guilt about leaving the Angels for the crosstown rivals. So that's one, right? You don't have to go to the Dodgers and feel bad. You're sticking a knife in the Angels' hearts. Because he does feel the Angels were good to him and treated him well for six years, gave him everything he wanted. Toronto is a good team. They're on the verge of getting even better. They've underachieved the last couple of years. But they should have been, they were 89 wins, should have been 92 wins. With Otani, they're 95 wins. Theoretically, I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's a bear of a division, but you know you'll, you'll be a perennial contender and you'll get a lot of focus because you're facing the Yankees and Red Sox 13 times a year. I'm like, yep. Because you, you've already owned Japan and America. Now you can own an entire country. You can own Canada. It's like, that's three countries you can own. I'm like, mm-hmm. He's like, you'll have talent around you for at least a couple more years with Vlad and Bo. And... They've got the money, as, we, as the three of us know. The Rodgers wants to spend. They can do so. So this whole thought process of there's only a few teams that can pay, I'm like, no, no, if the Jays need to pay $550 million, they can do it. And here's the big thing Tom sold me on. He said, you know, when no, most of these teams go on these pitches and stuff, they, they always talk about, oh, and Toronto is top of the list on this. Great nightlife, wonderful restaurants, very multicultural, international city. He's like, that's all great. But Otani, like, he just wants to win. Like, he just cares about baseball. He's big on training facilities so that whole thought about the jays meeting with him in florida and dunedin he's like that's a 100 million dollar spring training facility i think that's really important to otani if he's spending six weeks there in addition to the 300 million dollars of renovations that we know they're doing at the rogers center so he said for those variety of reasons and owned by rogers communications because that's good for his brand like they can sell him on we can make you a global entity we can put your face everywhere again he can own the country so 
Uh, I was I was pretty impressed the way Tom laid it out for me because all along, fellas, I have said Dodgers heavy favorite, and now I'm like Dodgers Jays toss up. Maybe the Jays is a favorite. It's crazy. I'm I, I just am happier in good uh, health after saying to someone uh, close to the Chicago Cubs or even their TV network that they were out of it. I know they're a little sensitive about that these days. So I'm happy you're you're okay and you're able to get that <laughs> get that out there. You know the thing I want to talk to you about, Adnan. You were at the winter meetings. Is the perception of this kind of across the game, you know, we, I'm, I'm sure you saw the, the columns at the tail end of the week of, you know, does baseball need to do something about this? Is it good for the game to have a storyline like this lingering and there, this uncertainty of it could happen today. It could happen six weeks from now. Uh, you know, what do you make of the idea that Otani for lack of a better term owed something to the game by making this announcement at the winter meetings, or maybe it's not even about Otani, but it's just about the calendar of the sport. I mean, We've seen this in years past with Machado looking right at spring training before getting a deal done. Do you think that there is a a problem with the calendar? I mean, quite frankly, I don't know how you can look at this and say, oh, God, baseball has some problem. It's all we've talked about, and they haven't played a game in two months. But I do see some people, you know, wondering if there's a way to turn the winter meetings into kind of more of a signing season or a spectacle. Yeah, it is true, Brett. In the past, you'd see a lot more movement at the winter meetings. And now, and Scott Boris particularly, a guy who's obviously controls so many people within the union and um, you know controls so many players, he likes the slow play, right? He's got no issues with waiting a little while. I was joking to people, I go, this may be the worst winter meetings ever. And they said, well, there was one in Vegas. We all thought Bryce Harper made a child we're going to sign. And then that didn't happen. So trust me, it's even worse. But I never thought after three days, the biggest signing, at least while I was there, would be Craig Kimbrell, one year for $13 million the Kalnick trade and thank for the solo trade happened. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess if you move the winter meetings back to let's say early January or something, could you say now there's more stuff actually happening? I suppose. But specific to Otani, my colleague and running mate and good friend, Harold Reynolds, like he blasted his camp. I was pretty shocked at Harold's passion. Yeah. I don't know if anyone saw it on, um, on Wednesday morning. And I understood where he was coming from. Basically you're saying, Brent, like, that he owes us more and that, you know, this is, this is the biggest phrase of science since LeBron. You know, when LeBron was happy, there was the decision. He's there with Jim Gray. Everyone knows his every move. You know, when Durant's a free agent, you know, he's beating with the Knicks. He's beating with the Nets. He's beating with the whatever team. And it'd be nice if he had more of that. It would help the sport, et cetera. I get that. And I understood Harold's point, but at the same time, I don't know why Otani should be criticized for being who he is. Like he's a private guy. He just wants to get things done his way. So I don't begrudge him for that. Like some guys like the medium. They like the limelight. And in this case, he doesn't. And again, Verducci said to me, he was like, you don't understand every step this guy takes. There's like 50 Japanese media following him. So, again, if you want to make it into a circus, like how LeBron wanted to have the special, like that, that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't want to, I get where Otani's coming from. Every single step. For God's sake, you guys are tracking a flight from China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I would want that kind of attention on me. So I, I get where he's coming from. So two parts, basically, Brent. One, yeah, I wish there was more action at the winter meetings, but – as long as Boris controls so many clients, I don't see that happening. But maybe this was more of an anomaly because it's Otani yeah. holding everything up. And, and as for Shohei specifically, hey, man, he can do everything he wants. He's Shohei Otani. He wants to wait to sign until February. I don't, I don't mind the waiting to sign. It would just be nice if there's more news around it, right? Because right. there's only so much rampant speculation you guys can do for three hours a day. It's true. and boy, You'd be surprised. We've been so good <laughs> at it, Adnan. We've been amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, the big pivot no longer exists for the Blue Jays, right? Juan Soto's off the board. He's in the division. It's a huge price paid by the Yankees. And Michael King, boy, the way he looked as a starter down the stretch, uh, that's a big arm not in the division anymore, but Juan Soto is is amazing. He hit 35 home runs in the NL West and, and playing half his games at, at Petco a season ago. I, okay, convince me, Adnan, that this isn't the end of the world if the Blue Jays don't get Shohei Otani because it's hard not to think it is. 
No, it feels like it, man. I was catching up with my buddy Aaron Boone. It was right before the Soto news went down. So he was being very careful. He was keeping it to our other shared love, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. And then I was like, come on, man. You guys are about to get Soto. Like, this would just be massive. When you actually look at the lineup and you picture Soto judge back-to-back, I mean, it's ridiculous. Soto had a 410 on base, 519 slug. This guy's perennial 900 OPS. He's 25 years of age. He's a four-time silver slugger. He's a three-time all-star. Like, he's ridiculous. I know his defense is well below par. Mine is 60, not above average. Whatever. Right field and Yankee Stadium apparently easier to play than left field. So maybe you put Soto in right. Verdugo in left. Judge in center. They'll figure it out. But as a hitter, he's as good as it gets, man. I think he's a top five hitter in baseball. And if I was a Jays fan, Red Sox fan, Orioles fan, Rays fan, I'm I'm shaking my fist at the heavens as soon as the Yankees got him because that's a classic Oof. Yankees move. Like who who is the best guy available? Not in Otani. We'll go get him. Okay, well we'll give up because seven player trade. And Gershman, by the way, is not bad. Two-time goal glover. He can come in and play some good outfield defense for you as well. I'm with you on King Ben. I think he's really good. His numbers were eye-opening. I, I didn't realize how good he was. I looked at his numbers the other day. Mm-hmm. 104 innings in ERA around two. So he's really good. The other guys, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Johnny Brito, sure. Like he's he'll, he'll eat innings. It certainly, it certainly hurts the Yankees' depth. They gave up pitchers in, in getting Verdugo, who was a league average player, 100 OPS plus. And again, a little bit below defensively. I was surprised. He was minus two outs above average. But Again, he's another guy who might face that motivation of, wow, I was the centerpiece of the Mookie Betts trade, now I'm being traded to a division rival. Like Yankees Red Sox, only the sixth trade in the wild card era, that's what they think of me. So you're going to get a motivated Verdugo, an outstanding Soto, as you said, 35 homers at Petco. That feels like 45 at Yankees Stadium, and motivated because he's about to be a free agent after this year. So uh, I think it's a massive, massive win for the Yankees. I mean, they're going to really be in on Yamamoto, who mm-hmm. I still think goes to the Mets because Steve Cohen's not going to get outbid. But if the Yankees go Soto and Yamamoto, I'm like, oh, my God. No, that's like the, oh, the old Bronx Bowers are back, buddy. You're right. <laughs> no thanks if you're a Jays fan. Yeah, and spare me your, like, advanced stats about how he'd actually have hit fewer home runs if he played his home games at Yankee Stadium a season ago. I, I think he'll be just fine. Um, okay, this is, God, it feels like it's happening. John Morosi two minutes ago, Adnan, source, Shohei Otani's decision is imminent, possibly as early as today. I know, like, we can laugh at the, the, the jet, the private jet that's, that's leaving from uh, Anaheim or uh, near Newport Beach and, and coming to Toronto this afternoon. You say Kikuchi's wife was in Toronto yesterday. Who knows if they live here in the offseason? We had the Daily Mail report. I mean, where are you on this happening today? Like, is it, we're starting to get mounting evidence here, Adnan. Listen, man, it's going to be hysterical if it happens to him. An actual hysteria on the streets of Toronto. Pandemonium, it happens today. Morosi's been all over it as well. I don't know if he has said the Jays is the favorite, but he has all along said Toronto in the mix. So, dude, it's nuts. I, I, <laughs> I can't imagine the excitement in Bedlam in Toronto if this happens. Again, this is the biggest free agent since LeBron James. Any sport, we're talking 15 years. Yeah. And for him to go to Toronto, I'm like, he's going to own the country, own the city. He's one of the greatest players we've ever seen. A two-time MVP. I mean, to the American legion, to the American fan, it's just another reminder what a great city Toronto is and what a massive win for Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins if they get it done. He's choosing Toronto over L.A. Yeah. The Dodgers have won 10 of the last 11 division champions. They've got Mookie Betts, they've got Freddie Freeman, they've got 80 and Sunny and Palm Trees. And instead he's gone, no, I'm taking Toronto. Like, that is, 
an incredible, incredible win if the Jays get him. And if it happens today, so oh better. Morosius said all along, by the way, it's going to happen within the next few days. If it doesn't right. happen today, it's going to happen by the end of the weekend. So we'll see. No, I got goosebumps, man. Like You've worked for a long time in, in this city in, in sports media, and, and you've seen some incredible things. And then from afar, you saw the Kawhi trade and how that manifested itself into a championship and how shocking that was. Uh, yeah, that the, the Raptors were viewed as underdogs for, for Kawhi and then end up consummating the trade. But that's it. That's a trade. That's a different deal. I mean, what does this do if, if, if the Blue Jays consummate this thing. What does it do to this city for, from a sporting perspective? Like you touched on it a little bit, like the, the Blue Jays uh, as an individual franchise, but this city as, as a sporting entity, what happens if Shohei Otani signs here? Well, I think it, it changes everything in a really seismic fashion. You know, having been in America since 2010, the first big one for me was the Raptors winning. Cause you're right. For years, it was always lots well, of hockey town. And otherwise they like the other sports, but now they're kind of fair weather fans ish. And then when the Raptors, you saw those amazing crowds, Jurassic Park. Then I was like, okay, these fans really started to say, okay, this is clearly a great basketball city. They're into it. It's not just because the Raptors are winning. And for the Blue Jays, it changed a little bit with the Batista home run and, and those wildcard runs. You go, oh, my God, these crowds are insane at the Rogers Center. But if they get Otani, I mean, it, it is such – it almost harkens back when you guys were babies, when the Jays were like, no, they're the big bad boys in yes. the entire baseball world. Right? Let, let's go out and make moves. We'll go get David Cohn. We'll get Paul Mulder. We'll get Dave Winfield. We'll get Roger Clemens. Like, you know, we're the epicenter, okay? And it reminds me of what J.P. Ricciardi, of course, the old GM, the great guy, he worked for the briefly the ESPN. When I saw him, I was, I think one of the first words out of my mouth was like, yeah, that Vernon Wells contract. And he starts laughing. He's like, oh, my God, you're like fans. You're, you're, you're still digging for more information. And he said to me, because you know this having been being from there, he said, if Rogers wants to spell it for the Yankees, they can Period. He goes, I try to explain to Americans, like, you know, would you look at AT&T and tell us all these things? Imagine one giant conglomerate, Rogers, if they want to be the Yankees, yep. they can. And if Otani signs to the Jays, it's a signal that from, from top on down, the Jays want to win. They want a World Series back in this great baseball city, and they're willing to do it. And again, props to Shapiro and Atkins. I'm telling you right now, if they get him, he wasn't even top Seven uh, Otani as far as a Jays destination, right? If we'd ranked this a month ago, mm-hmm. it would have been Dodgers, Giants, Angels, Mariners, Rangers, Braves, Mets. All those teams were thought to be ahead of Toronto. This is a heist for the ages if the Jays pull it off. Yeah, it changes everything. I get, I, I don't know if it's because I uh, I'm diseased right now, but I have yeah goosebumps. Like I, I'm shivering right now. Oh, I actually I, I do think that's because I'm uh, struggling with an illness. Uh, but yeah, it's, it feels like it's gonna be a, a wild day, one way or another. Adnan, always a pleasure, buddy. Ben, Brent, good luck, boys. I hope it happens. All right, me too. Adnan Verk, MLB Network, the Cinephile Podcast. Like. Well, I want to add just a little more context. Okay. Ben Nicholson-Smith, you pointed this out to me. I feel like we've said it on air, but we should just add again. Six years ago, Shohei Otani made his decision on December 8th. Mm. Yeah. Now, I, I, didn't want, I don't want to be too certain about this, but my understanding is that may be a bit of a lucky number or a lucky date. Yeah, we saw that a little bit in, yeah. the, in the, what was it, in the texters? Yes. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> we're... If we're gonna if we're gonna read into Yusei Kikuchi's wife's Instagram, we certainly can read into sure. that as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. So now can... it feels now it feels. What does it feel like? He is for sure gonna be a blue jay. <laughs> does I'm not, it not, feel I'm not that quite way? there yet. But yeah, it, and so much of my feeling that hints in that direction is yeah, stupid like flight tracker thing. That for sure. Yeah, but like that, like it's all this circumstantial evidence, as Sports Illustrated and its headline, you know, indicated to us. Circumstantial evidence. Indicates the yeah. Blue Jays advancing in Yusei, or in uh, Shohei Otani mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah, the circumstantial evidence 
continues to mount that there is an airplane leaving from John Wayne Airport headed to Toronto this afternoon, leaving yep. at noon. And John Morosi is tweeting out Shohei Otani could be making his decision as early as today. And the Daily Mail <laughs> is, is posting a story about their sources indicating how interested Shohei Otani is in the city of Toronto. I Again, we started down the path yesterday of talking about what the outside of baseball ramifications are totally. to Shohei Otani arriving in Toronto. It's, it's hard to even wrap your head around because there is a baseball component. Yeah, Shohei yeah. Otani is an MVP-level hitter. Yep. He's not a perfect fit, though. Nope. And certainly you sign him because you think he's going to help you win baseball games. Obviously. But secondarily, and maybe not that far down the list, it's what it does as far as the perception of the city. And back to the Daily Mail report, the part of Shohei Otani's reasoning, if you buy into, again, a, a, a news outlet that is not in North America, mm-hmm. but has a track record of getting the occasional thing right, is that he views himself as the center of a, a sporting universe in Toronto that can help attract free agents Further, like this is the other thing. If you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. Well, and I know so Juan Soto's gone, but yeah. like there's other things that need to happen outside of Shohei Otani. Yeah, you don't go give somebody half a billion dollars and say, "Ah, we'll figure out the rest over the handful of years coming." No, yeah, that increases the impetus to to get things going <laughs> uh, a little bit there. The other the other thing I keep coming to with this is if you're gonna do the whole Hyunjin Ryu was such an important domino to fall. It's like, yeah, this is the final form of that. How can the Blue Jays ever not be in? Again, not to say they have to be in on mm-hmm. every marquee free agent. And, you know, let's say the Yankees aren't able to get it done. I don't expect them to go give Juan Soto half a billion dollars next summer or next winter. But the idea of, oh, why would so-and-so sign with the Jays? It's like if Shohei does that, does this, yeah. which, again, I you think is You will never be able to discount the Jays on anything no, ever again. Because they've proven they have the money. They've proven they've been able to do the sales pitch. And they've proven they've been if this comes to fruition, again, if then they've proven they've been able to land the fish. Like, it would be it'd be basically, Hyun Jim, you walk, George Springer crawled, and now you're running with Shohei Otani. Over the last... Or Kevin Gosman and George Springer collectively crawled. Less than a decade, in the last less than a decade, the major Toronto sports franchise will have acquired John Tavares, Kawhi Leonard, mm-hmm. and Shohei Otani, which is... Man, there's it's pretty good. Mount I know Rushmore. we have an inferior Little current current day Mount Rushmore. Not yeah. bad. We, we, as Canadians and maybe as Torontonians as well, there's like a we the other type feeling, right? Like this inferiority complex mm-hmm. that everybody. Part of the reason everybody was loath to believe this was a reality is because of that. It's like, oh, come on, come we've on. been here before. Despite come the fact on. that there was, as you said, mounting evidence, yep. they got Hunjin Ryu. They opened up the the line of communication with Scott Boris. They went out and outbid the New York Mets for George Springer. Mm-hmm. This is different than all of that. It's literally the biggest contract awarded in North American pro sports history for the most unique player in pro sports, and he could be coming to the city of Toronto. It'll be hard. Listen, the Leafs, well, they'll keep playing. It'll be hard to think about anything else until February, right? Like, what is Dunedin going to look like in the middle of February February when – Shohei Otani reports to spring training. His first spring training game as a Blue Jay. His first regular season game. What does this do to ticket sales? Like, immediately, the day after this is potentially consummated, what what happens the very next day or in that moment? 
it, it feels like anything's possible. Yeah, and I mean, you know, obviously we're excited about it here in the city of Toronto, but I mean, man, I remember I remember being in the press box when you Darvish was pitching and the amount of media that followed around him and the amount of people who were just in the ballpark to see you Darvish that day. Like there will be people who make the trip. It's like, okay, Toronto, sure. I've always wanted to go to Canada, as good an excuse as any. Like that will that will happen for some people now because of Shohei. Like he is special, special, special. And the Quite honestly, all you need to know is that there has of how special he is, is there hasn't been the rebuff of because I even remember during the John Tavares courting of oh, all this for a hockey player. Da, da, da. It's like there's been none of that because he is more than a baseball player. Mm-hmm. He's a unicorn. Well, and there's yeah, there's obviously no breakout stars like there's no breakthrough stars in Major League Baseball, right? Like baseball is, is a very local mm-hmm. indiv- individual market. Totally. Uh, sport where it's it like. Yeah, they do Sunday night baseball, but it's really like not even close to even the NBA or doesn't, certainly the even NFL. When I was a kid, doesn't feel like that. everybody pays attention to their own local teams, except people pay attention to Shohei Otani. Yep. It's like you in the summer, you talk about the Blue Jays, what they did, and then you're like, did you see Shohei Otani yesterday? Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it kind of brings me back to that 73 win Warriors team and thinking, like, God, that team was must watch. And when they came to your town, yeah. you're like, you got to go. It was a scene, right? I it was, was like, here. Yeah. It was like the MJ Bulls, right? Totally. You got that 162 times this season if this happens, that you are the center of the baseball and the sporting world for maybe the next decade. It's, it's, it's hard not to, to, to let your mind go to incredible places with this. Yeah, how can you not? And, man, what's it going to be like if the shoot gets pulled now, though? Because, again, I, I'm firmly – like, I've been trending this way, yeah. but I'm in. Like, I do believe he's coming. Yeah, I I believe that. Like, I think that the flight, honestly, my opinion on the matter is the flight got out and somebody went to Morosi being like, hey, we're going to say today. Like, I think that's what probably happened there is like, okay, cat's out of the bag. The flight's out. Might as well get people in to man their battle stations. Like, that's what I think happened. I need to go to sleep today because I feel like death warmed over, but it's going to be hard. Ben, I told you, I hopped on the subway nine minutes after John Tavares signed with the Leaf. Got out 30 minutes later to a a ton of texts and missed calls. That could be you when you wake up from your nap. That's true. It's going to be so good. Keep it tuned here to Sports F5, 9 in the Fan. Could be happening. All right, this has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Mark Gunning. Good Good morning. morning.